Get all the hardware out of my pockets. I read one time about a preacher preaching in Ohio, I believe it was. They called that the West back then. And whenever he got up to preach, the first thing he did was pull out his guns and lay them on the, lay them on the pulpit. <laughs> I think of that sometimes when I unload my pockets. Uh, this morning, we're studying 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. Uh, this has to do with uh, preachers and their salaries. Uh, Paul defends his apostleship. Uh, I think we've covered that already. Uh, we'll just go over it for the sake of context. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ, our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. By that he means uh, those that he was writing to. Uh, he was responsible for their conversion, establishment of a church there. Uh, since that time, some have come in. And uh, out of jealousy, no doubt, they uh, challenged the apostleship of Paul, uh, but he's uh, refuting that idea, and that's what he means by the statement. If I'm not an apostle to others, though, who say I'm not, yet doubtless I am to you who know me. For because you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. They were living proof that he was an apostle. Uh, they had met him, known him, seen him, spent time with him. Uh, they knew who he was, the, the original folks. Now, my defense to those who examine me is this. This is obviously what they're challenging him on. Do we have no right to eat and drink as an apostle? He's talking about his rights, uh, what he is allowed to do as an apostle. Do we have no right to take along a believing wife uh, if we chose to do so? as do also the other apostles, that is, the brothers of the Lord, and uh, Cephas, or Peter. Uh, don't we, Paul, uh, and his companions, don't we have a right to have a wife if that's what we choose to do? The other apostles do. Uh, the brothers of the Lord would be, of course, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. Uh, they're his half-brothers. Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? Uh, do Barnabas and I have the right to depend on the church to support us? Paul was uh, laboring as a tent maker, as he did often. Uh, don't I have the right, if I choose to, to depend on the church for my support like all the others do? Uh, they were depending on finances from the church to support them while they did the Lord's work. Paul did not. Uh, but don't I have the right to if I wanted to? Don't I have the right to? That's his question. Uh, it, it, one of the, it sounds so weird though, but one of the challenges to his apostleship was the fact that he didn't take money. If he was truly an apostle, he would have been supported by the church, but he wasn't supported by the church. Obviously, he was not an apostle. As foolish as it sounds, uh, that no doubt was uh, uh, one of the complaints about Paul as an apostle. Uh, 
Uh, it's customary, it was customary even at the time to financially support religious teachers. The Jews all knew this. This was the way uh, they'd been raised throughout the time of Moses. Uh, they always had to support uh, the tribe of Levi. Uh, some of them were priests, some of them were not. Most of them were not. Nevertheless, they still were supported by the uh, rest of the tribes of Israel. So supporting a, a teacher is not something they're not accustomed to. The same thing was true with pagans. Uh, the only really good reason to be a pagan teacher is for the benefits. And that's why uh, people advocated for different gods throughout the empire. Uh, they, they made money. Uh, for their trouble. Whoever goes to war at his own expense, whoops, uh, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit, who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock, it's the natural way of things. Uh, who goes to war and then has to pay his own expenses? We, uh, we, we clothe our soldiers, uh, we, we, we give them their weapons of war, uh, we give them uh, very, very, very little money to live on, which I think is a shame. But anyway, that's the way the system's set up. But uh, we expect to fund soldiers of war. Uh, same, by the same token, who, who goes to all the trouble to plant a vineyard and then doesn't eat of its fruit? Everybody does going to get out there and, and raise a crop and not partake of the crop? Well, of course you will. You're the first one that gets to eat of the crop. Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk that comes from the flock? Well, everybody does. It'd be kind of silly to, to raise a flock, uh, sell the milk off, and then go to the grocery store and buy a gallon of milk. That wouldn't make any sense at all. You got all that milk, you use the milk for yourself first, and what's left over you take and you sell. That's the way it works. When you labor, there's a reward to your labor. Whenever you put forth effort, there's a reward for your effort. There, it's the way it always is until, until it came to preachers. I remember uh, there was a man and woman at my house years, years ago, and uh, they were arguing uh, that a preacher shouldn't get paid. Uh, I, I didn't get paid. I was preaching free will back in those days, and uh, <clears throat> I didn't get money uh, for, for what I did, but uh, I guess they thought they had a sympathetic ear uh, because uh, I didn't take money. And my point, what I said was, well, well, why not? And the reason the woman told me was because he's gotta be at church just like I do. <clears throat> I said, you think you pay someone for 30 minutes preaching? Is that what you pay for? She said, well, sure. What else could they possibly get paid for? <laughs> I told her, I said, you need to take up preaching, woman. You don't know what you're talking about. The work, that preaching for 30 minutes, that's nothing. It's what it takes to be able to preach for 30 minutes. That's the hard part. But I got to wondering and well, I got to checking out different people, and it was amazing how many people felt the same way, that a preacher shouldn't get paid because he's got to go to church just like we do. Uh, 
if that was the only difference, uh, the only work of the preacher was standing up to preach, I suppose everybody would agree with that. But uh, that's hardly what preachers do. Uh, and this is what Paul is saying. Uh, it wasn't really a problem until it came to him. He's the one that the apostle, the others who claimed to be apostles, uh, they were complaining about. He didn't take any money. No one labors without a reward. Uh, I worked at uh, my time at, uh, where did I work? I forgot the name of the place. <laughs> Duran. I retired with 40 years in. I would not have worked the first day if uh, they didn't pay me. There was only one reason I went there, because they were going to pay me to go there. If it hadn't been for the money, I wouldn't have went, Jimmy. I'd stayed home, raised the garden, and eat the fruit of the ground. But, uh, yeah, but uh, we worked for the reward. And that's the way preachers have to do. If they're going to do their job very well, they have to work for the reward. <coughs> uh, people who have never done it, they, they don't even know what's involved in it. Most don't. Uh, I think the only one that understands what's involved in a preacher's work is his wife and his kids. Uh, they know what he goes through, but most people don't. And why would they? Why would they? But this is the way God set it up. It should be this way. Uh, it's God's law that the preacher receive financial support from the people he feeds. He preaches, they digest what he feeds. That's the law of God. Do I say these things uh, as a mere man, or does not the law say the same thing also? Am I talking out of my head or what? It is written in the law of Moses, you should not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. He couldn't put a muzzle on the ox so he couldn't eat the corn as he passed through the cornfield, plowing the ground. Uh, that was contrary to God's law. Why? God wanted that ox to eat. He's working. He ought to be fed. Okay, and that's Paul's point. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Or is he teaching a higher lesson? That's his point. What's the principle you learn? Take away from that. If an ox is supposed to be supported because of his labor, how much more a person? Every person should be supported for the work that they do. And there are, of course, there are sundry ways of being supported. Uh, does he say it all together for our sakes? <clears throat> for our sakes, no doubt this is written. He who plows should plow in hope. He who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. Okay, so it's all of God. Those who were complaining about Paul or maybe others, um, you have nothing to complain about because this is God's system. This is the way he wants it to be done. Uh, Paul most of the time, didn't have time to make tents. He had other things to take care of, things that were much more important. But sometimes when he settled down, like at Corinth, uh, sometimes uh, he had an opportunity to help himself to a certain degree. He did receive funds from other churches while he was at a place like Corinth. 
uh, they didn't send him a weekly, weekly check or anything like that, but sometimes when uh, they would get some extra money ahead, uh, they might send Paul a couple hundred bucks or something to get him, help him get by. So he would be relieved from his tent making, at least for a while, and that would allow him to uh, invest his time in more important areas. If we have sown spiritual things for you, preaching the word of God, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If we go to the trouble of teaching you the meaning of the word of God, is it a really a big deal if we receive support from you? Okay, reward and labor. They always work hand in hand, or labor and reward. Which is of greater value, spiritual things or material things? Uh, I had a sister-in-law one time. Uh, it was back during one of the Gulf Wars, I think, back during the older Bush. Uh, was talking about the soldiers who were sacrificing their lives uh, in Afghanistan at the time. And... Uh, she said something about uh, they have the most important job in the country, something to that effect. I can't remember exactly what it was. And she looked at me and said, not preachers. <laughs> I understand. Nobody values our military more than I do. I really, really, I support them all the time. Uh, when I have an opportunity to. Uh, but what's more important? Laying down your life for your country or laying down your life for your Lord? And if a preacher is what he ought to be, that's exactly what he does. He lays down his life for his Lord because that's what it costs him to do the things that he does. I know most people don't understand it, but those who are engaged in uh, the Lord's work in that capacity, uh, they would know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's, I guess all it depends on how you determine values. Uh, what's most valuable, human life or spiritual life? Sometimes we don't really understand what we say but we ought to. And this is, this is the argument Paul's having to deal with. If others are partakers of this right over you, and they were, <laughs> those false apostles, they were getting paid. That's the only reason they were doing what they were doing, so they get paid. If these people have the right to receive support from you, are we not even more? Barnabas and I. And we were the ones that brought the gospel to you. We established the church. We labored with you. We helped you to get up on your feet and get going. Isn't that worth something? And, of course, if they thought reasonably, the answer would have to be yes. And fortunately, they did think reasonably because apparently they did agree with the apostle on all of his points. Nevertheless, even though I have the right to take support from you, we have not used this right. We took nothing from you. We didn't look for anything. We didn't expect anything. But we endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. What? How's that going to hinder the gospel of Christ? 
I remember when I came here years ago, 30-something years ago now, how time flies, uh, there was a terrible, terrible uproar over paying preachers. So uh, I was asked to preach for three months while they searched for a preacher. So I did, and at the end of three months, I was asked to preach until they told me not to preach anymore. <laughs> and I said, well, okay. And uh, they said, well, we believe in paying preachers. You know, there was nothing on earth that would have got me to take a dime. Out of all the fussing and fighting I heard over paying a preacher, there was no way I would take money because I knew, I knew it would be nothing but a fuss. And there were enough fusses going on at the time anyway. And we certainly didn't need to stir up another one. So I took nothing, uh, at least until it got to cost me so much. I got an expense account. But uh, that was why Paul took nothing. In his mind, he thought, if I take money from you here at Corinth, you're going to start saying that I'm doing this for the money. I came to Corinth. I started preaching the gospel. I hung around for a while so I could milk you of your money. He knew exactly what was going to happen. So what did he do? He took no money. If he took money, nobody would listen to him because they would have thought, well, he's just doing it for the money. So he took no money, he took no support. So nobody could accuse him. Why is Paul doing all this? I have no idea. Maybe he believes in what he's saying, I don't know. It's awful that way, isn't it? But sometimes that's just the way it is. And you got to do what you, that's why you tell Amanda, no, she told me, a ghoul's got to do what a ghoul's got to do. Well, that's the motto I live by, too, after she taught it to me. Uh, he would hinder the gospel, and he didn't want to do that. He was there to save souls, not to, not to uh, start another faction among the church. They had enough of that already. Uh, it is done for others. It is a universal rule, paying preachers. That's what this is all about, It's paying preachers. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple? The priests, uh, those who take care of the table of showbread, the golden candelabra, the altar of incense, uh, those who sacrifice the animals on the altar, uh, they all partake of those things that are coming into the temple. And those who serve at the altar, they partake of the offerings of the altar. They got a certain amount of the animals they sacrificed. And they would take it home and put it in their deep freeze. And that's how they lived uh, because of what was given to them by order of God at the time. <clears throat> Jesus uh, ordained that his preachers be supported. The Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. That's pretty clear right there. 
Those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. That's the way everything works in the world. There's labor and there's reward. But the preachers, they don't do anything. All they do is preach 30 minutes on Sunday. I don't know how you overcome that, but uh, we have the will of God expressed quite clearly. Uh, but, he's going to say, but I have the right to be supported by you, but he declined it. He didn't want it. He wouldn't take it. I have used none of these things, receiving financial aid for preaching. I had the right, but I didn't take it because I didn't want it to hinder my work. Now, they say I'm not an apostle. Well, then why am I doing what I'm doing? It's not for gain, like your preachers are right now. So what's my charge? I, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. I didn't do it so I could embarrass you so that you'd start paying me now. I'm still not looking for your money. I don't want your money. I don't need your money. He had support from other areas, and he didn't require support from Corinth. It's customary to financially support religious teachers. It's God's law. It's done for others. It's a universal rule. Jesus ordained it. But if the preacher doesn't want to take it, he doesn't have to take it. Now that flips us over to the other side of the coin. I was uh, seriously chastised one time during a preacher's meeting up in Coopville because I was messing up things. I was preaching without taking money. And after all the years that preachers had gotten by the skin of their teeth, they finally got to the point where they're starting to make uh, big salary, good salaries, shouldn't say big, good salaries, uh, mostly up in Coopville and perhaps the church of Gainesboro. Uh, this guy is going to mess it up for us because they'll say, if he does it for nothing, why don't you? And I think they had a point. Perhaps uh, I might have been wrong, I'm not sure, but I didn't change my mind. Uh, we kept things the way they were because I didn't think that was my responsibility. And this is where Paul is. I don't take money from Corinth because I don't have to. I don't want to. The Lord said men ought to be supported. But if they don't need the support, then you don't have to support them. It's that simple. It would be up to their preachers to make the, to make the decision. It would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void. He would rather die than to lose the reputation he had gained by that time in his life. In 2 Corinthians 11, 8 and 9, he'll tell them in that letter, I robbed other churches taking wages from them to minister to you. <clears throat> By robbed, he, he took money from other churches. He wasn't doing them a service, but he took money from them nonetheless. Those churches were uh, very hospitable. 
they wanted to be a part of his ministry. They wanted to be a part of what Paul was doing. So they were giving him funds even though he hadn't done anything for them. That's when I robbed other churches. I was taking what I, hadn't, I didn't deserve. And when I was present with you and in need, I was a burden to no one. I didn't bother you Corinthians with my problems. I got up and I went to work and I built some tents. For what I lacked, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied uh, his necessities. And in everything, I kept myself from being burdensome to you, and so I will keep myself. I'm not taking funds from you now either, is what he's saying. It's, uh, I guess money has always been an obstacle, probably forever. Uh, and Paul, he, he understood that. Uh, he understood that people, number one, they didn't understand what he did as a servant of Christ. Number two, uh, they wouldn't understand why they would have to support him because after all, all he does is preach 30 minutes a week. He goes to church just like I do, so why should he get paid and I don't? Uh, Paul knew that people were that way. Therefore, he, uh, he abstained from any considerations from the churches. And he said it's still that way. I haven't written this, so to shame you into giving me money. I've only written that to teach you something. There's something they were lacking. Yeah, Jeff. No, he worked for others. He worked for others. Yeah. But, I mean, his preaching may have been all day long, and, and that would even, you know, make the burden of being a preacher even that much more. Well, it could have been. I, I just throw 30 minutes out for the modern flavor. Uh, <clears throat> if he wasn't preaching to the church of Corinth, he was somewhere else preaching to somebody else. He was... The idea of supporting a preacher is, is not for a 30-minute sermon. It's for what they do. And their work is never-ending. Uh, it's massive. Uh, back when I was, I could get around uh, a lot better. Uh, I don't know how many hours a week uh, I spent doing the things I did. But uh, you, you become all things to all people in some respects. It wasn't uncommon for me to get a phone call two o'clock in the morning and have to get up and go somewhere. Uh, it wasn't uncommon to uh, stay in Nashville with a family for a couple of days because uh, a loved one was in a hospital. Uh, it was, it was, I've gone to Florida to teach somebody the gospel. Um, it's, it's, a, it's multifaceted, uh, and nobody's going to really understand that. Why would they? Because all they see out of a preacher is he stands up in front of us and he preaches. 
This, this is one of the reasons why people have always been irritated with the idea of supporting a preacher. Uh, what do they do? All they do is talk for 30 minutes. Well, that 30-minute sermon may have cost that preacher 30 hours of study. <laughs> that, and that's not understood by so many people. Uh, I, hate to, I hate to have to say these things because, uh, to be honest with you, it's very embarrassing. Um, but we have to understand what this man is trying to get across to people. And, uh, of course, that's my task is to help us understand that. But, no, it's not a 30-minute job. That's just the way people think about it. Uh, some people, not all people. Uh, people that don't go to church services, for example, that's all they, th that's all they see. A guy that works 30 minutes a week. Or the research alone is just hours and hours and hours per year. Oh, yeah. Oh, I spent some time, well, I got a sermon right now. I've been working on for three weeks so far, and it'll be at least another month before I ever get it ready. Uh, these things, they all take a lot of time. Research, that's, that's the stuff. Depends on what you're talking about. I want to present a lesson. I forgot what it's about. I know. I know what it's about. I just forgot. Uh, <laughs> but I can't till I get ready to, because uh, I don't want to talk about something I haven't made sure on every point. I have to be very careful. Any other questions or comments? Let's go forward. If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, and that's, that's something that preachers have to keep in mind. Sometimes... Sometimes men uh, are boastful. I remember one time uh, I was going to speak at a funeral, and the uh, family asked me to. Uh, I stayed with their mother for oh, a long time. Uh, she'd been sick for a long time, and she always wanted me to be there. And uh, I was there a lot and talked to her. And anyway, the, the family, they, uh, they kind of loved me a lot, and they wanted me to speak at the funeral, so of course I would. And uh, they asked this, uh, this preacher who grew up in their neighborhood, uh, they asked this preacher if he would come and speak at the funeral, and, and he said he would. So they decided that uh, he would do the introduction part, uh, the biography of the person, and then I would do the main body part. And uh, I didn't think anything about it at the time, but uh, they came to me and they said, uh, would you mind switching parts with Brother So-and-so? I said, I, I do whatever you want me to do. It don't matter. And uh, they said, well, he thinks it would be a shame for you to do the main body part and him to do the biography because uh, he is uh, so much more a preacher than you are. <laughs> I said, well, I mean, whatever you want, it's fine with me. And uh, that's the way some preachers are. Uh, when, when you hang out with him, you see him differently than most people do. Uh, people, preachers tend to let their hair down amongst each other. 
and uh, you see things that other people will never see uh, because uh, sometimes, you know, preachers put on this this air of oh, bigger than life, you know. And uh, I always feel sorry for them. Because we're not supposed to feel that way. We're not supposed to feel superior to another person. Uh, he probably had more knowledge than me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that at all. He'd been preaching 30 years longer than I had. The problem was he felt superior. And you're not supposed to feel superior. After it was over, I talked to him about it. And I said, I get the impression that you feel superior to me. He said, well, aren't I? I said, well, yeah, you probably are. But should you be going around telling people that? He said, well, I wasn't going to do the biography and you do the main body. He said, that just wouldn't be right at all. I said, brother, you need to look inside your soul and see what's going on in there. There's something not right. And, uh, of course, we made friends that day. <laughs> uh, but I had to tell him that. It's, I was obligated to. Anyway, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. That's true. Nothing to boast of. They don't have a feel of right that I ought to be paid because I preach. That's terrible to feel that way. I earned it. I deserve it. And you're going to pay me. I remember a preacher one time at Free Will, Sunday night. And uh, Willard had the checkbook. And he wasn't there. Going to pay him $30. And uh, he come out and he wanted to be paid. And uh, we said, well, we'll have to have Willard come over and see you tomorrow and pay you. No, no. I came tonight. I want my money tonight. So we started scratching them up. You know, out of all of us there, we couldn't come up with $30. <laughs> That's what it was like back in those days. But we couldn't come up with $30. So uh, some would give you what we got. He said, I agreed to come here for $30, and I want $30. I mean, he was really that brash, talking. And uh, Alton was there, and well, he got mad. and All that went on. And... Uh, he had to leave without his money. And we had Willard go over the next day or Tuesday, whatever it was, and give him his thirty dollars. And I thought, boy, what a what a weird thing for a preacher to do. I hadn't even been a Christian very long. Uh I didn't know anything. Uh I think we had just started Sunday night service about that time. And uh I was so shocked when he behaved that. But preachers are, are people, that's all. They're just people. Uh, that's why we don't want to put anybody on a pedestal. Nobody deserves to be on a pedestal. If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. It's my obligation to do that. Woe is me. If I do not preach the gospel, woe, come under condemnation. If I do not preach the gospel. Now, I felt that way for a long time now. As long as somebody will let me preach, then I have the obligation to preach. And if I don't, then I'm going to be held accountable for it. That's where it goes.
For him who knows to do good and does not do it, for him it becomes sin. Woe is me. He had to preach the gospel. It had nothing to do with money. It's something he had to do. Why? In Galatians 1 and 15, Paul talks about that. Then again in Acts 9 and 15, the Lord said to Ananias, Go, for Paul is a chosen vessel of mine, to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Necessity is laid upon me because God has willed me to do this. And it has nothing to do with money. God told me to do it, and I've got to do it. I've got to figure out the best way to get it done, just like everything else. Do I make tents? Do I take money from other people? Do I abstain from taking money in certain situations and circumstances? What about when I go into a Gentile city like Corinth, and here I am, a Jew? Are they going to think that I just come to get their money? Or are they going to think there's something to me? I've got to do this, Paul said. So money is, wasn't even a consideration. It's something he had to do. Perhaps he was like Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah said in chapter 20 and verse 9, God's word was in my heart like a burning fire. It was shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Jeremiah had decided he was no longer going to preach God's word to the people of Jerusalem. They would not listen. They punished him. They beat him. They put him in a dungeon. He became angry. He said, forget it. I'm finished with these people. But as he refrained from warning them of the coming Babylonian superpower, God's word had to get out of his body. It had to get out of his heart. He had to proclaim it, whether the people wanted to hear it or not. And then he did. The word of God lives in us. And it is alive. And it makes us move and do things. Things we don't want to do. But we have to do it. We have to do it. One of my grandchildren not too long ago came to me needing to do something. What should I do, Pa? Need to do what you need to do. In her heart, she had this responsibility that she should tend to somebody's needs and she just had to do it. She knows what God teaches in his holy book about doing good things for others. And something inside her compelled her to do what she was completely uncomfortable of doing. That's what Jeremiah is talking about. His word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding this fire back. I had to let it out, and he went forth preaching. And we go forth doing the things we do. It's easy to do something you want to do, but, man, is it hard to do something you don't want to do. Ain't that right, Sean? There's not an elder on earth that doesn't understand that. 
So many tasks they're tasked with. So many things they have to do and they don't want to do it. <laughs> they wish they could say, here, you take care of this. But they can't. They got to do it themselves. God's word will eat you up on the inside. <clears throat> if I, for if I do this thing willingly, I have my reward. It's kind of hard to understand this now, what he's talking about. If I do this, what I'm doing, preaching the kingdom of God, if I do this willingly, I have a reward by the very fact that I've done it. But if I do it against my will, it doesn't matter because I have been entrusted with a stewardship. Either I can do this because I want to do it, but even if I don't want to do it, I'm going to do it because I have to do it. God ordained me to do it. I've got to do it. Whether you want to or not. Remember Moses? When God wanted Moses to go to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said, uh-uh, I don't want that job. He didn't want to do it, and God said, you're going to do it. He didn't want to do it, but he did it because he was a servant of God, and he had to do it. It was his obligation. You can do it willingly, you can do it by obligation, but you've got to do the work that the Lord assigns you to do. In Colossians 1.25, Paul said, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. This is a good place to run out of time. I seen that bunny this morning on the internet. He was eating a carrot. looked like it was that big. Uh, we'll stop here, and Lord willing, next week, we'll take up a verse 17 in time together.